everybody. It's Dave here from Vikings First and Skull, and we are live at the two-minute warnings. And who would have predicted a game like this? Not me. Oh, wow. What a freaking game. What a game, what a game, what a game. And since we're at two-minute ro- warning, I'm going to hit the roll in. Welcome to Vikings First and Skulls, live at the two-minute warning. Next. And here we go. It's just me on the screen right now. We're going to have a whole gang joining us here momentarily as I bring in Mr. Justin Day of Purple and Gold for Days. And he is in the green room. And he is now joining us. There he is, Justin. Just I have oh. a question for you, Justin. Before you go off real quick, can you hold down the fort while oh, sure. 30 seconds? I can hold down the fort for as long as you need me to. All right. I'm, I, I promise we won't lose any viewership. <laughs> All right. Go for it, buddy. This is your Kevin O'Connell outsmarts himself for the seventh time as a head coach leader. Vikings first and skull live at the two minute warning. I am Justin. My channel is purple and gold for days. If you do not sub me, please hit me with a sub. I just need a a few more to get to that 1000 mark. Shout out everybody in the building. We got Miss Mary, Jim, Pat, Cat, Christian, All's Hell's Demon, and a whole cast of thousands. And my oh my, sure ain't good. The Minnesota Vikings completely blow it again they blew it like a two dollar you know what it's as simple as that kevin o'connell i get it as i said on the pregame show on my channel you're not working with kirk cousins who was arguably a top five quarterback this season but at some point stop trying to be the smartest mother bleeper in the world stop trying to be the smartest guy in the room You got the ball into overtime. Your defense, you know what? People are going to crap on this defense right now. And you know what? Giving up 21 points in the fourth quarter is not a good look. It's not. But this defense has saved your ass, Kevin O'Connell, multiple times this season. Once in a while, they're not going to be able to pull a rabbit out of the hat. I'm not letting the defense off the hook because they deserve tons of criticism. Go in your backyard at uh, TCO and play what we used to call 500, okay? It's where one guy says 50 if you catch this, 110 if you catch this, or jackpot, meaning whoever gets to 500 first gets to be the next thrower. Because Mm -hmm. three times at minimum this game, three times at minimum this game, you got your rear ends handed to you defensively on literally jump balls like you're playing 500 in the backyard. And that is what is most disconcerting about this defense. But Kevin O'Connell, you got the ball back in overtime after your defense forced a punt. You have third and inches, fourth and inches. It was a dumbass call the first time to do the brotherly shove, tush, push, whichever way you want to call it, with the smallest guy in Brandon Powell being the pusher. It was stupid to do it once. Then you do it again with the same guy? Are you outside of your mind? You had how many injured Bengals go out of this game? Their stud defensive tackle was gone on, was it the first or the second drive of the game? Jamar Chase is out of the game. And it's funny. 
we were all talking about Justin Jefferson and uh, Jamar Chase, and they got some passes, but it was T. Higgins and Jordan Addison. Shout out Jordan Addison, by the way, um, with that ridiculous shoe, uh, shoestring catch uh, and run for a touchdown. But this is on Kevin O'Connell, and I'm not trying to overreact. The guy is 20 and now 11 as a head coach in his two-plus seasons, but I'm losing faith in him. And Dave, you are muted. Yeah, I was talking to my camera. Oh, all right. Um, so I don't know what to make of this team. I don't know what to make of this head coach. He does so many things well, but he does so many little things so stupidly that seriously, again, it was a dumb play call the first time, and it was even dumber the second time. With It was the right decision to go for it and not kick it. So anybody said, oh, we should have kicked a 59. I am not trusting Greg Joseph on a 59-yarder outdoors on the road. Hell no. So I'll just say that. No, it was the right decision no, to go for it. it was the right decision to go for it. It's the wrong play call. Twice. There are <laughs> ways to do a fourth and in inches. We've done it throughout history, mm-hmm. right? Whether you throw in a bunch of lead blockers, you have an I, a T, a veer, or whatever, and you smash guys into the line from depth and let the one running back bust through, go over the top, Whatever, you do not have to do it with the quarterback who, when the Bradbury gets pushed onto his stomach and shoved backwards, there's no place to go. He has mm-hmm. nothing, and it pushes his feet out. Where if he would have taken the snap, turned around, and handed off, the running back now has the option to go in over the top, bust it right, bust it left, or you fake that dive towards the middle and do something different. There are plenty of options. When everybody in the and their brother in the NFL right now is doing the tush push, do something different, please. Mm-hmm. Especially gotta, when the only team you, that's good at it is the Eagles. Sometimes you got to zig while everybody else is zagging, so to speak. Again, mm-hmm. like you said, have C.J. Ham line up in an offset eye and fake the dive to him and toss power it to Ty Chandler because everybody in the world is going to be sitting in the middle where Ty Chandler has to outflank one guy on the edge at minimum getting a first down, and it's in prime position to just bust it wide open. Uh, and shout out to Ty Chandler on his great game today too. But all I'm going to say at the end of the day is – I'm not going to say that the team deserved to lose, but what I'm saying is this head coach deserved to lose. And Nick Mullins, you saw the full experience today. We haven't talked about him yet, which is what I said. He's a gunslinger. He's going to do some crazy things, and he's going to do some dumb, ridiculous things. Uh, Both of those interceptions, particularly the one he's already going on to the ground. What in the world are you thinking? But this team, once again, can't get out of its own way. Right. I'm going to bring on Tyler here. And I know you're sitting (laughs) there, Jonas. Jonas sitting there watching and shaking your head. Jonas, how was it from Germany? Uh, well, first of all, I have to say I strongly disagree with you two on those last two play calls because they had the QB sneak successfully multiple times this game. It hasn't failed. It hadn't failed un- up until that point. So they've done it already. And they've done it successfully. And at some point, uh, if the Vikings do anything else, if they throw a toss outside, everybody is talking about, oh, Kevin O'Connell got too cute again. Now, it's people, uh, in my opinion, this criticism is just on the result, not on the process. Because, again, this play had worked multiple times. This 
this game, like you said, they yeah, but had you can't their... keep going back and back and back and back to the well before the defense figures out how to stop it. And they did. It's a quarterback sneak. Everybody knows how to stop it. You just have to win. Yeah. Like it, that's, it, in my opinion, that's it. Yeah. You, that, it, it's not like you're running a dagger concept or you're running yeah. play action. If you're running bootlegs, it is beat the hell out of the man in front of you. Get low. You win the leverage battle and leg drive forward. That's so it. you're blaming this, it on Bradbury because he was that, the one that got that, shoved back. That's, exa- that's exactly my point because you have the ball like a few inches uh, away from the first down line. You have two tries. Just win one. Just at some point, you have to take accountability as a player. Just win one of them. That's mm-hmm. not on the coach. Win that have- fucking play. I have zero issue with the play call on third down. The only issue I have is that you're using Brandon Powell as the guy to push. That doesn't make sense to me. Yes, the second time, it's like, okay, if you're going to do it again, it at least use somebody different between your aside from your fourth wide receiver. That is my bigger issue than the actual play call itself. It's, okay, you ran it on third. If you want to run it on fourth, sure. I, I will say that running a quarterback sneak on third down you know, in the middle of the second quarters, different context and different scenario. But my my bigger issue with the point is who you're using uh, to do that there with that. That's more where I'm going anyway. That's the I only part of that whole process. You can really, as Jonas kind of laid out nicely, it's the only part of the process you can critique, right? Motioning a tiny football player behind your quarterback to be the one to push. One, you're, if you're going to do that, you got to do it with a CJ Ham or a TJ Hawkinson, a big right. guy who has more muscle, who can get that leg drive and push. If you're going to tell the defense, yeah, we're just going to do this. And the reason why the Eagles are so successful, well, Jalen Hurts can squat five of us. Like he squats six bills. Like it's just a different scenario. So when you look at all these different factors and different situations, it's incomprehensible to have. Powell as that guy. And that's the only part of this you can critique, in my personal opinion. Jonas laid out everything well. You can't critique the process. And that's the biggest thing with Kevin O'Connell's a play caller. He's a very good play caller. The critiques are from the result. You don't like the result, and that's fine. But if you don't understand what the full process is, and if you don't understand what they're trying to accomplish and how they're trying to get there, you can't just critique the result and say he should be fired. Now, if he does the same thing over and over again and all you do is get the same result, then we can have a different conversation. But as an overall construct, we got to remember, Nick Mullins is not a starting quarterback in the NFL. Jaron Hall is not a starting quarterback in the NFL. Josh Dobbs is not a starting quarterback in the NFL. And we're still competitive. And we the Vikings covered today. It was a three-point spread. The Vikings covered. Now, that doesn't mean anything in the win-loss column. But Vegas said that the Bengals are three points better than you. And they ended up being three points better. And you still had a backup quarterback and you had your right tackle who's borderline all pro out and you still found a way to be competitive, have a 14 point lead and be able to take this into overtime and potentially win. You are mad about the result or not mad about the process or you don't understand the process. I also think um, I have to, um, I kind of, I even get the thought process uh, behind uh, putting Powell there. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I get the process because we talked about how it's 
uh, how this isn't only on uh, about size, but also about leverage. And uh, yes, Brent Powell is tiny, but he's also very low, so he can uh, he can push from low uh, from a low position and maybe get Mullins over the top. That probably was the thinking process. I don't necessarily agree with that process, but I get it. And uh, wouldn't a better process I, is to put mass rather than small leverage, no mass, put mass behind it and mass starting yeah, with but, CJ Ham or one of the big, bigger linemen yeah, bringing an extra lineman? We've also seen it with Harkinson and I think also with Oliver this year and at least the Harkinson QB sneak where he tried to push miserably. So they probably tried to go away from the big guy because that wasn't working. So they brought the smaller guy who uh, might have the leverage advantage. So, yeah, uh, I again, I don't necessarily agree with that uh, process, but I... I get it. Hey, I want to welcome everybody um, that's watching and welcome Darren Campbell, the other half of the two old bloggers, to the show. Darren, what were your thoughts? I'm so fucking mad, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Why? Because we lost or how we lost? Yeah, yeah. The process. That was... I don't know. I guess last year, if the Vikings won the way they won on sort of the same date, on the same day, maybe it's fitting in Minnesota Vikings football that they lose that way. Um, you know, defense is lights out. You're up 17 to three. You let Jake Browning, also a backup quarterback, fucking lead three straight scoring drives. You know, T, T Higgins boxes out the Caleb Evans. I mean, that, that, Passes the lollipop for somebody to pick off, uh, but Higgins is six four, six five, and he like Evans probably was looking at like he was a little bit didn't want to wonder if he didn't want to get pass interference by going making too uh, a, like a strong of a move to try to high point the ball there or whatever. So Higgins gets that. Um, you've all gone over the third and fourth on in inches play. I don't like the the mass thing. I don't know if it would have helped all that much because. The O-line got no push on either of those plays, and Mullins did not have any leg drive, a la just like Kirk Cousins, on either of those plays either. So I don't even know if you got C.J. Ham or Blake Brandle or whoever pushing there. I think Tyler mentioned it, you know, Jalen Hurts. Maybe the first one. So he's got the leg drive to make those things work a little bit better than Nick Mullins does. Um, Mm -hmm. Just... uh, Another missed opportunity for the Vikings. Another infuriating game where you knew, even up 17-3, to this team, for the past four years, does not know how to put a team away. It always comes down to the last goddamn drive, almost every game, no matter what they do, and another one again. And, hey, you know, maybe at the end of the week we'll still be in wildcard playoff position. Yeah, I think Playoff positions changing just because we were in the sixth seed before last week, and then we gained a game on everybody. So I th- I think we're gonna stay the sixth seed pretty much no matter what right now. But my biggest thing is like if the Vikings had Marcus Davenport in this game, I think they win, and I think that's real like really weird hindsight. 
but they were getting pressure and they were getting contained. And I think if they just had a little bit more of a pass rush, somebody who could really be explosive on the outside, Wanham did okay today. I didn't, I didn't think he was overly great, but I think if you have somebody who played overly great, then you would have been able to take things to a different level. And I, I will give credit to Jake Browning. Jake Browning was an idiot all game. All of his idiot throws, except for one, paid off in a big way. He just was chucking it up, throwing across his body, and they were all working. Like the Nick Mullins touchdown, I even tweeted about it. Like if if like fifteen quarterbacks make that throw to Jordan Addison in the end zone, it's still a bad decision, but they get praised for it because oh, they saw the guy and they trusted their arm. Mullins makes it; he's just an idiot, and he absolutely was an idiot. But I just <laughs> I just found that that funny. It like. The Bengals found a way to win this game. And the problem with playing drop eight coverage a lot, which the Vikings do is if you have the right route concept called against it, like that third and 20, which was to Jamar taste, they ran dagger dagger. You have the inside guy run the go to clear out. And then you have the outside guy chase run a dig route. And it's almost always going to be open because of how, how the zones work out and guys aren't going to get enough depth because they don't see what's actually behind them. And they have to stay forward just in case you get leakers or uh, Browning ends up running the football. So chase gets open and like that happens. But if you have a bigger pass rush, you're not, that's not going to happen. And not having a guy like Davenport consistently throughout the year, it shows up in moments like this. And it's really frustrating because they should be able to make that happen. They should be able to stop it. But every once in a while, you just get beat by the perfect call. And the Vikings just had a couple too many today. And we weren't going to have that streak of no touchdowns in 11 quarters last forever. But the how about just, give up three in a row? How about that streak? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Not great, but not, well, not, not really going to complain about this defense. And then the the tush push, like not being able to convert one of those great process outside of uh, whatever your mileage is. I think Jonas made a good point about Brandon Powell being so small where he can get that kind of leverage, whereas nobody else on the team can. I think that's a very interesting theory. I don't necessarily buy into it, but that's it's very intriguing outside of those two tush pushes. If Vikings get one of them, it's first down. And my wife called me very upset because she was listening to the call on the radio because she's almost home from work right now. And then the announcers were just yelling how it was a terrible spot. I I thought it was fine. It's so hard to call those kind of spots when the the ball is really tough to see. But what I will say is on the on the third down play, it looked like it was a little short. Go ahead, Darren. No, if you look to both replays of both of those, uh, initially when they let the play keep going, going, you think, oh, Mullins has got it because he twists his body sort of across, but the ball wasn't across the or yeah. he had reached the line to gain on either of those plays. So the, right. the refs made the right call. I thought they were good spots. Yeah. I thought yeah, I the first one was a touch short because he was on top of bodies. Now, again, it, it's neither here nor there. I thought the, I thought they were marking stuff short all game long. Like every time I'd see somebody go down, they would be like, three quarters of a yard back for like, they're not really giving generous spots today. But having said that, when, <clears throat> when you're talking about spots on a third and fourth and less than a yard that you didn't get, <laughs> what does that, what does that really say to your point? Yeah. The defense. And I started with this before you guys got here. I'm not thrilled by the defensive performance. I use the line. They need to go into the backyard of TCO performance and, and start playing 500 with the defensive backs. 
and figure out a way to not get boxed out to be able to actually knock a ball down where it's just like like you said he's just throwing up lollipops and it's just like how does that happen where two or three times you get nailed that way two or three times it's third and 20 something and they convert for first downs i mean we, we we praise them all this week about how well this defense has been turned around and you let a backup quarterback just jump ball you like that it's uh it's it's just frustrating yeah some sometimes you just get beat by stupidity and that's kind of been the Vikings mantra for what it last 60 some years. Like that Jake Browning, just chucking the ball up like with no regard for human life and it working. That's all you can do. Uh, you're you and Jonas are a lot more kinder on the team. than I viewed that game, but I'm willing to watch the replay. I mean, they still played well. Want to sit through that again? (laughs) No, I don't want to sit sit through it again, but I want an educated view on it. Yeah, right. And what I saw was just, it's frustrating. It's frustrating for a Vikings fan. It's frustrating for somebody who's played football that, uh, that they seemed limited on some of what they were doing. Mm-hmm. So it's the Vikings should have won today. Yes. They were clearly That's... the better team through most of the game. They should have won, and they didn't. We gave yeah. it up, and that happens. If you can't take care of business, you lose. They lost. And now we're going to sit there and sit at, what are we now, 7-7? Seven and 7-up, seven? Seven yep. And hope, you know, we should still be the sixth seed because I think we have virtually all the tiebreakers except for against Tampa. But it's still, it's a frustrating game because if we would have won, we would put ourselves in position. If the Kittens would have lost later tonight, Kittens, by Kittens, I mean the Detroit Lions, we'd be fighting for the division next week. That didn't happen because we didn't win. It's that simple. Well, your margin of error for the division is now gone. You got to win your last three games and you got to hope Dallas beats Detroit. If that happens, you win. You can still win. You still win the division, but now it's zero margin for error from that perspective. So again, you beat Detroit, you beat green Bay and Dallas beats Detroit. That puts, the Vikings tied, and then you've got the tiebreaker because you swept them. Yeah, also, but it shouldn't have come down to that. It shouldn't come down to that. Yeah. yeah also, I am not convinced the Lions are going to beat Denver today. Uh, mm-hmm. The Broncos have won, I think, six of the last seven, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not convinced the Lions are going to beat them and anyway. Um, there are two things for me I want to say and uh, yes I know it's going to uh, sound like I'm I'm very nice on the team today but uh, first thing this offense looked like an NFL offense again and it didn't for the last three games and that's the reason Nick Mullins is playing and not Joshua Dobbs because yes Nick Mullins also has stupid turnovers we saw it today but Joshua Jobs can't wasn't able to execute 
easy NFL play calls on schedule. He was just doing some chaos, uh, improvising stuff. He wasn't able to... It didn't matter what uh, Kevin O'Connell called uh, on the original play call. He, he Because Joshua Dobbs was doing what he wanted anyway. He was just doing something and not the thing he was supposed to do. And I think it was on Lockdown Vikings uh, this week where some of those plays were broken down and uh, it was really some very simple concepts that as an NFL QB you have to be able to read. And Nick Mullins can do that, Joshua Dobbs can't. Uh, the second thing, yes, at some point uh, you have to pick off those lollipop balls. But on the other hand, if you get beat by those, especially if it's a guy like T. Higgins, okay, happens. It's bad. It's bad they lost, but this shit is about to happen. And uh, man, it's... At some point, that is a 6'4 receiver. All of our cornerbacks are relatively small. Like Caleb Evans has some size, but otherwise, but otherwise, yeah, but the other two uh, cornerbacks are pretty small. And even uh, Caleb Evans uh, still is smaller than T. Higgins. It's going to happen. And it's bad, but. At some point, some offense was going to move the ball against that defense. Like somebody, I don't remember who said it, but this streak of no touchdowns uh, for I don't know how many quarters, it wasn't going to continue. At some point, especially if you have a halfway decent play caller, there were teams that are going to figure out how to beat the Vikings in some places uh, on offense. The, it's just going to happen and it happened today and it sucks. It happened today, but it happened. And yeah, it's, it is what it is. And, uh, in the end we are still, uh, doing this with a backup QB. And for that, it looks okay. It's not great, but you're not going to have a great offense. If you have a backup QB, all true points. It's still like first drive, great. Second drive, three and out point. Okay. Then the interception. And you're like, here we go. We had opportunity. <clears throat> the biggest flaw, for whatever the reason, uh, I'm not here to point fingers about this at this point, but the biggest flaw is that they have had many opportunities to step on a team's throat, put them out of their misery, and not leave yourself in position to have your defense giving up third and 22. It's <laughs> to be in overtime and not getting a third and fourth and short. You score a touchdown, you get an interception, and you end up settling for a field goal. Now, is that the worst thing in the world? No, but it's another missed opportunity. And when these missed opportunities start to compile, not only over a game but over a season, missed opportunities against Tampa, against the Chargers, against the Bears, against the Broncos, against the Bengals, et cetera. That to me is, I agree with you, Jonas, that you're look, looking at it through the lens of through one game, things happen. But over the course of this season, and yeah, to Tyler's point, this time one year ago, myself, a very dear friend of mine and her son and my daughter were at that Colts game. 
and we would have left at halftime if we didn't have our two kids with us. But we did and we stayed. And yeah, this is just the exact opposite of all of the luck we got last year. But part of it is I still maintain that they're not taking full advantage of opportunities in front of them. And that's, that's what's true. frustrating to me. Especially today, but uh, again, there's a reason Nick Mullins is a backup QB because he does stupid stuff like on those two interceptions. <laughs> the second again, one in particular was just yeah. absolutely awful. Yeah, but that's it. If if he uh, wouldn't do stuff like that from time to time, he would probably start at some point. <laughs> that, again, I, there's a re there's a reason he's a backup. Mm-hmm. I, I have one thing to say, and then I got to go because I have a lot of stuff to do. And Odie is ready to go have some food because he hasn't eaten lunch yet. There are people calling for Kevin O'Connell's shop. I've seen in the comments. It's trending on Twitter to fire Kevin O'Connell. Look, with all due respect, if you think firing Kevin O'Connell is the answer, you, you're dumb. Um, I, I, I really don't know how else to put it. The guy is 20 and 11 as a head coach. He is... Three and three with backup quarterbacks and having to deal with a myriad of injuries. Had no Justin Jefferson for seven games. Guess what his record was in those seven games? Like I, I want to say it was five and two, five and two without the arguably the best player in football, the best player in football, and you go five and two without him, and you yeah three and three with the backup most without your starting quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Like you can be mad at a couple procedural things. You can be mad at hey, he's not a perfect head coach, which he obviously isn't. Where are you going to get a better head coach? Like he's he's not even two years into being a head coach. He's 41 years old, and he's keeping this team competitive despite all these issues, all these injuries, and the culture has been is the best it's been in years because this team never gives up and they continue to fight no matter who's playing quarterback, no matter what issues that they have going forward. And it, you, you, no, no, you can't be like the Giants and the Cardinals and fire guys willy nilly after one year or not even a year or two years. This, he deserves an opportunity to continue this. And look, does he have issues playing with a big lead? Sure. A lot of coaches have issues playing with big lead. You know why? You don't want to get too aggressive because, hey, that uh, pick six that got called back, you throw one of those everything flips on you. So it, it's, it's a complicated thing. He's going to learn it. He's going to figure it out. And when you look at everything all encompassing, if you want to fire a guy that's 2011, you have too high of expectations and you don't understand the process in which those results are happening because the process is almost always good. The execution of the play calls with backups isn't always good. And that's not a hundred percent on the head coach. It's going to be a big topic of conversation on the Real Forno Show on Monday because I am just absolutely livid at people thinking that Kevin O'Connell should be fired. No, there's no evidence he should be fired. Absolutely none. It's driving me bonkers. If you take, if you take any team in the league before the season and say, hey, you lose your head coach or you lose your starting quarterback at point in the season. And tell them, what would you expect? And you'd say, that's done. That's it. That's why I said it's time. Now we're playing on house money. And the house mm -hmm. money has been producing pretty well. I'll grant you that. We get frustrated because we want to win. And we want to win mo more, better, faster, all that wonderful stuff. 
And when you look at it from the big picture far away, 50,000-foot view, you see that, yes, we're playing with backups in some key positions, and they do stupid backup stuff. And that happens. Now, would I want Jaron Hall in instead of Nick Mullins? Me, Dave, yes. But will we get it? I don't know. It depends how probably next week goes. Yeah. But we'll we'll see. But you're I'm right. Just, I, let there, me be clear. There's a good I'm... process, and there's a lot of good with Kevin O'Connell. And mm-hmm. as much as everybody wants to say Flores is the guy, Flores is a great defensive coordinator. I'm not mm-hmm. so sure how great of a head coach he'd be. People I was gonna say. will tell you he ruined Tua for a long time. But do I want him as a defensive coordinator? Oh, hell yes. I'll back up the Briggs truck, the Wolf Briggs truck yeah. farm. But to go and lose your starting quarterback and then lose the number one wide receiver in all of the NFL and then other injuries bouncing across that and to still be the sixth seed, that's something. That is something. To be clear, when I voice my frustrations about how at times – it comes across that he's outsmarting itself. And I'm also looking back at a couple of games last year in Detroit with Dalvin Cook's jump pass as one example. I'm not saying that I think he should be fired. So I know I came out hot, but I'm not saying that. I agree with you, Tyler, that firing him, no, that's that's not where we're at. I think there are valid criticisms, and part of it is because it's, as I said earlier, it's kind of the same thing happening quite a few times. But yes, from a 50,000-foot view, if you told any head coach, you're going to lose your starting quarterback at the midway point of the season, you're going to be 4-4 four and four at the time, what will your expectations be? Putting aside, like you said, Tyler, losing Justin Jefferson, which, yeah, okay, that's true. But it's almost as if they would have they would be better off not losing these games close because then it would be easier to chuck it up to you're on your fourth starting quarterback of the season. You didn't have Justin Jefferson for what was it? Seven games. It's almost, it's almost worse that they're losing these games close when they had opportunities to not lose. And it would have been, it's kind of like the Kirk cousins thing. Kirk said, Hey, if I would have taken a sack on that fourth and seven, as opposed to throwing it short, they would have said, oh, the line gave me no time. Or if I'd thrown an interception, it would have been better than a completed pass for short of yardage. But so for me, it's like, yeah, I hear what you're saying. And it's all true. It's just like frustrating that, you know, fine. Lose by 14 points under those circumstances. And you chalk it up and say, hey, the circumstances are terrible. You lose by three when you could have won. It's a harder pill to swallow. But mm-hmm. such is life. First of all, Obviously, I agree with that point because uh, I think if the season just went downhill and we would have lost like most of the games, uh, we would be we wouldn't be nearly as frustrated with right. this game if uh, with this game than we are right now. Uh, the second thing I want to say, you just gave a perfect example for uh, the point we made earlier about uh, caring about the results uh, because. Last year, we had, like, how many times uh, that people said, oh, Kevin O'Connor is getting too cute again. You uh, you mentioned 
that jump pass and he had uh, some other play calls uh, also this year that uh, Joshua Dobbs uh, third down run uh, that I think it was a QB power doesn't ma doesn't really matter the one where he uh, fumbled the ball uh, uh, it was it was a pitch Denver. from PJ Hawkins yeah. who took the snap yeah. in Denver yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that there. that's the thing and uh, like uh when th these things happen everybody is like oh he's getting too cute again uh why doesn't he just run it up the throat uh or do a qb sneak or something like that now he did the qb sneak twice which had <laughs> worked every time they did it before uh in this game and the vikings just weren't able to execute it and when your team has like less than half a yard to go and you have two tries at a QB sneak and you don't pick it up, it's not on the coach. It's on the team. Just go execute and win it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this was the first time we had all five members of the team to do a super show and it had to be on a Vikings loss. It couldn't have been a Vikings victory. No. I finally get to sit on the mic next to Darren for the first time after having watched you guys for forever. So, Darren, first of all, since we've got that out of our system, good to finally sit on the mic with you. Same with you, Justin and Jonas as well. <laughs> yeah, Super show and the Vikings lose. Hey, Darren, we could have been doing the two old bloggers, but uh, we had no game to preview or no storylines to get into. We should have it. When do we play next? Is it next Saturday? Um, no, no, it's next it's Sunday. Christmas Eve. Sunday. Christmas Eve. Yeah, Christmas Eve, yeah. Okay, so we will have a two old blockers next Saturday. Uh, we've got a lot to talk, to talk about. <laughs> oh, it'll be, uh, yeah, we do. It'll be picked clean by Saturday, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> Some but, other stuff will come. Oh, it's the Vikings. Yes, but what's... For those that don't know, that don't watch 2 Bloggers regularly, 2 Bloggers is Darren and I, and we take the fact that we've been writing on this team for two and a half decades apiece, and we take a deeper dives into usually a few topics as to why things are happening and storylines within the Vikings and how possible ways they can be fixed. And so... Make sure you catch us next Saturday at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, Central Time. I'm sure there's probably NFL games next Saturday, too, but we'll see. And we will get into it. I got Vikings fan 123 saying we should start Hall. Justin, you and I agree with that. Jonas, do you agree? I probably would if I was the coach, but I get why he doesn't. Well, Darren? Uh, no. I didn't think you would. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I, I think, Dave, you said it somewhere this week. Uh, may have been offline or whatever, saying that um, the only way Hall's going to get in is if the Vikings, like, lose the next, you know, a couple of games in a row. They're and, playoffs are shot, and then they're going to throw him in there because, you know, the, you know then you want to see see what you got but i just like when they started dobbs last week i just don't see them going to hall with the five offensive drives he had uh one which was in victory formation and then when you're in a playoff chase going and doing that and turning it over to him and 
and really, you're looking at Mullins. Uh, yeah, some of the the bonehead the bonehead decision on the one INT and I, and the first in, interception wasn't a great throw either or a decision because Jefferson was blanketed by two guys. But you know, he threw for over 300 yards today. I think a couple of TDs. One of them was a you know no 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 yes. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, just looking the way. O'Connell has handled things before. I think he's going to look at that and say there's a few bad decisions he made, but overall he made a lot of quick decisions, good throws, hit, got the got the ball to JJ, got it to Addison, and our offense looked uh, 200 times better than it did the previous three games. And so that's why you're going to see Nick Mullins next week and oh, yeah. the week after, probably. Well, I've got that. Unless he gets hurt. 303 yeah. yards. Yeah, Jonas is uh, this year. That's a distinct possibility, isn't it? Oh. And it's it's kind of ironic that the Vikings uh, had so uh, just didn't have to worry about uh, QB injuries when their offensive line was one of the worst in the league. Now they have one of the best offensive lines in the week, and suddenly the QBs get hurt for some reason <laughs> because it's the Vikings. Of course, they do. <laughs> because it's the Vikings. You nailed it. With that, guys, we should wrap this up. Any last words, Jonas? Besides, because it's the Vikings? <laughs> um, I mean, a uh, little rewind we to uh, last week. Uh, I opened last week's show when I uh, got in there with uh, the 3-0 being a soccer score. I was at a game for my favorite soccer team today in Germany over here, and guess this, guess what the score was? Three nothing. It wasn't twenty seven, twenty four. Yeah, the same point differential though. <laughs> oh, that's great, and I, I love seeing the tweets on that. That was good. So. Half your you got your soccer team won, but your football team lost. Let's hey. see what Wise and Wolves do. Uh huh. Darren, any last words? Um. Oh, oh, let's see if the Vikings can actually win a home game for a change this year. Uh, they're really struggling at home, and they got two of the next three at home, which doesn't inspire much confidence from me. But the way they haven't been able to, you know, but I don't think they've played like a horrendously worse. <laughs> Actually, they have. I take that back. <laughs> they have played worse at home than on the road. <laughs> uh, and uh, so they've got a yeah, – yeah. this is a tough, tough gut gut punch loss. you got to turn the page now. You're at home. What do you do about it? And you're against a Detroit team that Dan Campbell – Gambling on fourth down and all, like all you know, when you're facing that offense, which is very good, there you're really facing them for four downs, not three, a lot of times. So very interesting times for the Vikings. Uh, I um, I kind of thought today, if they didn't win today, there's a good possibility we go zero and four in this, <laughs> you know, in this stretch, and then you're 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 hooped. And then Jaron Hall is playing in the the season finale against the Lions in Detroit, but there. <laughs> That's a pep talk for you. Let me run through that wall for you now, Darren, right after that. <laughs> yeah. Justin, yeah. have you got another show today? 
You know, I've got to talk with Rap to see if we're going to go tonight, but he usually does a Saturday night show, so I don't know if we're going to do it tonight or tomorrow. But it will be either tonight or tomorrow, and it will be at 8 o'clock Central Time, and it will be on Purple and Gold for days. But what I can definitively tell you is Monday at 8.15 on Purple and Gold for days, a little after you and Tyler get done with the Real Forno show, I will have my Monday night uh, festivities. And uh, we got a lot to talk about. We'll see what the rest of the weekend does for the Vikings' chances. It's one of those for me. If if Nick Mullins plays like garbage against the Lions, I would go to Hall against the Packers. I wouldn't wait until the last game against the Lions because at that point, again, there's is there a difference between Hall and Mullins? Probably, but is is it enough to give up a few extra games to see what you have? In my opinion, no. But I understand that coaches and owners don't think that way. Coaches and owners play for today; they don't play for. What's the best for the long-term outlook? What's the best for, for right now? So as frustrated as I am, I understand why it's never going to happen. They, Nick Mullins can go – Nick Mullins could throw four interceptions, and he'd still probably be the starter against the Packers from right. that perspective. But and Even with the loss today, the Vikings are still in the playoffs. Yeah, and they still can win the division, like today. we said. Mm-hmm. We can still win the division. Whether Detroit loses tonight against Denver or against, against Dallas, Dallas uh, New Year's weekend – if you win your last three and Detroit loses one, which there's a very good chance that they could lose one of the other two against those two teams we talked about, yeah, they absolutely can do it. Jonas, a couple of questions in the chat here. What's your? You got a YouTube channel, and if so, let's put it in the chat because some people said, "Hey, let's give Jonas a sub here." Uh I don't have a YouTube channel. Okay. Um, I, you- so I mostly do my stuff on Twitter. Um, okay, but you do do a podcast over in Germany. Uh, yeah, in Germany, but I don't know how many people on the chat who would actually be able to understand it. <laughs> if, 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 if you want to listen to Germans go off on Vikings football, put in that Jonas needs to put in the link to the podcast <laughs> in the remarks, and you can hear Germans talking, and we know that's... <laughs> Um, it would be interesting to listen to as a background. Um, I may have to get a clip for that when you guys are pissed off and doing that. Just to have it as background, it would make a great opening Absolutely. one day. Please, uh, Jonas, give me that because I think it would be hilarious. Um, Absolutely. And guys, hit the like button on the way out if you didn't hit it on the way in. If you could, please, to support the channel. Yes. And like I said, Vikings versus Skull. Monday, we will have the Real Forno Show with Tyler Fornis telling us how good the process is. I will be there probably drinking my bourbon in the background and maybe commenting back and forth. But if you missed it, if you missed it, we had our first Skull search of the season where we looked at two players. We had Connor Rogers of NBC Sports on. You can find it on video, and you can also find it on podcast. We had two players we're looking at, uh, LSU wide receiver and a Florida State edge rusher, because edge rusher is probably high on our list. And you can get the initial impressions off of that, plus Connor Rogers, which I'm going to put out a written piece on, 
talked about a quarterback that might be perfect for your Minnesota Vikings next year. But you got to check it out. And the the written piece on that will be found. Probably I'll publish it tomorrow so you can see it. But anyways, you all rock. And I want to oh, tell don't. you that. That hmm? comment, we don't. I don't <laughs> no, know why. I don't hate Scandinavians. Uh-uh. Not at all. Um, I actually like them. They have a nice attitude, most of them. <laughs> most of them. Anyways, what do we say, gentlemen? Not all at once, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Left to right, Jonas, go. Skull Vikings. Skull Vikings. I can't point. Skull to the next episode. If the elevator brings you down, punch a higher floor. Go crazy. Skull Vikings. And thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for watching. Please like, subscribe, and ring the bell. And share this episode with your friends and even your enemies. We'd love it. Thanks for watching Vikings First and Skull. We are part of the Fans First Sports Network, and we appreciate each and every one of you. Skull. This has been a Vikings First and Skull and Fans First Sports Network production.